Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. About four weeks ago, we started talking about um, the way, the truth, the life, and um, we were talking out of John, and um, it was started off talking about Christian deconstructivism, where people are beginning to uh, dismantle their faith, and eventually it can lead to deconversion or people walking away from what they believe. And we've been on that for a few weeks now, and so this morning I just want to finish that off and um, with a short message just rounding it off. And we're talking about the truth, really. And, um, you know, Christ is the truth. His word is the truth. And the reason it's the truth is to refute any falsehood um, that the world would offer to us. So whenever, and we're offered falsehoods every day. We're offered fake news um, untruths, lies, deceptions every day. And the only way we can truly navigate um, forward in life is to know the truth because it's the truth that will set us free. Amen. And so there's always been an attack on the truth from the very beginning. It was a lie at the very beginning that overcame the resistance um, to temptation. And these days, it's the very same thing that works against us to overcome our resistance to temptations, to, to get us to give in to whatever is false. And that's what happened at the beginning of time with, um, with Eve. And I believe that many of us probably do our very best to resist temptation, don't we? Put your hands up if you do. But I, that's just the point, because all of my best efforts to resist temptation are probably not going to work anyway. You know, I can't effectively overcome temptation if I was just trying to do it in and of myself. So as soon as I begin to entertain a deception or a lie, my resistance begins to crumble because as people, we're vulnerable to temptation. Amen? And it's not the, the temptation I'm talking about this morning. It's not the cookie jar temptation all right, it's not like that kind of, yeah, the cookie jar temptation. It's, it's, it's being drawn away from the truth. It's being, it's being very subtly drawn away from the truth. And, you know, when Jesus was baptized, and this feeds into what happened earlier this week, the word says that the Spirit drove him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And so directly after his baptism came a test. So he was baptized, and before you know it, he was in the wilderness for 40 days, and he was tempted in the wilderness, and he over, thank God he overcame that. Amen? He didn't, he, he didn't give in to that. He overcame that. So, you know, God had, had all that organized. The first act of Jesus's service or his ministry was a testing time a time when he would be tempted. And he had his perfect victory over um, his foe. And um, that was God sealing him then for the work of the ministry going forward. And that's what happened on Monday night. You were sealed. You were sealed for his service after you came up from the waters of baptism. And so, you know, you now are anointed by the Spirit 
to go on. Amen? So you have that on you. So I want to just look at this um, scripture in 1 John, and it talks about a test that every one of us are tested by. So if you go um, in 1 John chapter 2, from verse 3, and it's, um, it's the test of knowing him. It says, now by this, we know that we know him. And that's not like, oh, I, I've heard of Jesus, like I know who he is. The word know there is, is a word called genosco, and it means that you have personally experienced him. You know him intimately. So we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him. So those who have an intimate relationship with Jesus and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. Amen, church? By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. So there's this, we're looking here at you know, do you really know him? Because there's many things in this life that are pseudo. Have you ever heard the word pseudo before? Pseudo church. You know, pseudo, pseudo, the word pseudo means false or impersonating or pretending to be. That's what the word pseudo means. And so um, Jesus, Jesus is saying in the word here, do you really know me? Do you really know me? And it goes on to say, brethren, I write, a new command, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you've heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. And again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. But he who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Amen? In 1 John 2 from verse 15, it then says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world... And now we come to three, the three temptations, the three things where we find it difficult to resist. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world's passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Amen? So the Amplified Version puts it really well. It says there... Um, for all that is in the world, the lust and sensual craving of the flesh and the lust and longing of the eyes and the boastful pride of life. Now that's talking about confidence in your own ability. It's like, do you know what? The pride of life is thinking that I have all of the ability within myself to do what I need to do. I can do it without anyone. I can do it without God. I can do it on my own. Amen. And you also rely on the stability of what you have around you. And that's for sure very unstable right now. The things that we all thought were like, oh, that, that's going to be fine. That'll be, they're all being shaken. Everything is being shaken. Amen. 
so there's no stability. These do not come from the Father, but are from the world, because the world is passing away, and with its lusts, the shameful pursuits and ungodly longings, but the one who does the will of God and carries out his purposes lives forever. Amen. And so it goes on to talk there from verse 18 about the deceptions in the last hour. And it talks about the Antichrist. It says, the Antichrist is coming, but even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. They would have stayed with us. They would have remained. But they went out that they might be made manifest, that none of them were with us. But you, you all, have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Have I, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. And whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. You know, a lot of us think that the Antichrist, and we know he will be a figure one day, there will be an Antichrist. But the, the Antichrist here that this is talking about is anyone that, um, anyone that denies Jesus Christ. So the Antichrist, is, it's a spirit. It's a spirit that people have that denies Christ. Do you, un you understand that? So whoever denies that Jesus is Lord has an Antichrist spirit. We know that one day an Antichrist, the Antichrist, will rise up. So it says, let truth abide in you. Let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he's promised us, eternal life. So if we can stay in the truth, if we can stay grounded and found, founded in the truth, amen? If we can stay found in the truth, and there'll be many false teachers and pseudo-teachers that will come, and they will come to try and bring error and introduce error into the church and into your life. And so we, he's telling us here, abide in me, abide in my word, abide in the truth, amen? And so it says there, we're finishing off in 28, now little children, abide in him. When he appears, we may have confidence. You know, I don't know if any of you have ever been in a position where you don't, you've doubted a decision you've made. Are you totally confident in what you do? You normally know when you're confident and that you've made the right decision based on the truth and a solid foundation, solid facts. Otherwise, I don't know about you, but I, I, I feel, I know I have no peace about it. And so he says, have, when he appears that we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Amen. So if we look at, you know, 1 John, if we look at that in 1 John, it tells us about the three areas that, we've te that we're tested in. And if you know about that story where Jesus goes into the wilderness and he's tested um, for 40 days and 40 nights, he's fasted. And you all know the story, but the, the, the Satan comes to him and says, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. All right. And Jesus answered with the, with the word, the truth. It is written, 
You sh man shall not live by bread alone, but by every mouth, that, by every word that, that proceeds from the word of God. Amen. And then, so it goes on to number two. It says to Jesus, come up here and look out over all of this land, over the holy city. He says, if you will throw yourself, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will give his angels charge over you and his angels will hold you up. Amen. And so once again, Jesus says to the devil, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Do not test him. So the third time, the devil takes him to a high mountain and says, look at all of the kingdoms of the world here in their glory. If you fall down and worship me, I will give all of this to you. And the third time, Jesus says to him, get away from me, Satan, get behind me, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him and the angels came and ministered to him. So there was these three areas of temptation. And the first one really was appealed to the hedonism that we have as people. It's the to satisfy our flesh. So that's the first one. It's like, and that's the thing that needs to be satisfied most often. Every day is our flesh. The second one appeals to our ego. Look at this holy city. You can be in charge of all of that. So that temptation that appeals to our ego and our, and our pride. And the third one is, the, is materialism. So Satan tries to catch him with, look at all of this stuff. You can have all of that. So these are the three areas that we are tested in. And it's to do with our ego, materialism, and, and, and kind of a hedonistic lifestyle. Amen? And so John... John the Baptist calls these things, these temptations, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And sometimes we are, you, you can imagine Jesus, he's like, he's been in 40 days fasting, and he's like, and we've been in that position where we're doing all this, come on, I just need a bit of slack, I need a bit of a break, cut me some slack, so I'll just do this, it'll, it'll satisfy for the moment, but it'll never satisfy long-term. Amen? These, these falsehoods, these lies, they promise us something that we may actually enjoy for a short period of time, and they might even benefit us, but they have a very short lifespan. Amen? So, and, and religion and philosophy is the same since the beginning of time. People want to cling to something that gives them hope, that gives them fulfillment, but really, it's a pseudo, it's a pretense, it's an it's a, it's a imitation of the real thing. And so it is not grounded in the truth. And if you look over years, and we pray for all of the ministers, the pastors in the town, in the area, but we know that we serve here amongst other denominations in Kawinning and in Ayrshire. Amen. But a lot of times over the centuries, religion has really deluded people. There's been it's complicated the truth, and the truth is really simple. Remember last week we talked about, we, we shrunk it down to five basic points, and it's, so it's really simple. And a lot of people have been left confused and hurt and because of the way that the truth has been delivered or interpreted or it's been taken out of context. And today Jesus Christ wants everyone in this place to know that he is the truth. 
He is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. He set us the example when he went into the wilderness. And, um, you know, the devil came against Jesus with truth. He quoted Psalm 91. He will give his angels charge over you. So he actually brought truth. But that truth is completely bent out of shape to, to achieve another motive that, that, that Satan had. Amen. So Jesus was clearly tempted, but thank God he didn't have the inward vulnerability that we have, I think, to give in to temptation. And the word says that um, man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed away by his own desires. So for, for I want to, this is an encouragement this morning, for temptation to work, you have to cooperate with the tempter. And so, and, and, and so all too often, we probably just cooperate far too willingly and far too easily with the tempter. And so, you know, we have to desire and want the thing that is being offered to us. And that is a, that's a double-edged sword because that can be what is being offered to you in the way of temptation, or it can be the truth. Do you desire the truth? Yes. Amen. So, some things are just too tasty to ignore. And I think that's, that's, the, the, that's the, the schemes of the enemy. He brings that, and it looks too good to ignore. But the word says in 2 Timothy 3, 4, a time will come when men will not tolerate sound doctrine, but with itching ears they will gather around themselves teachers to suit their own desires, so they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Amen. People will reject sound doctrine and turn away and believe in other things. Anyway, Jesus resisted the devil and the devil left him. Amen. And the, the devil is, I, I don't know if the devil was there by, by choice or not. I'm going to decide to do a Bible study into that. Because usually the devil cloaks himself. He, when in, in, in the garden, he, 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 he disguised himself as, as a serpent. The word says that he comes uh, disguised as an angel of light. Amen. So the devil's method is usually to cloak himself or in some way. And because he wants to put something else in between himself and those that he would tempt. So it doesn't appear to be him that is doing the tempting. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so he, he cloaks himself. He hides his personality whenever he can. And because he's so cunning, because the temptation or deception offered appears to offer everything that you've ever wanted. But what's not really that obvious to us is if we go down that road, what we're really who we're really serving is the prince of this world and the system of this world. And so... And we will be tempted. Put up your hand if you've never been tempted. <laughs> and if you have, obviously, every hand in this place will go up. Amen. Yeah. How many of you have resisted the temptation? Yeah, okay, great. So you've managed to resist the temptation. Does it mean that you were never tempted in the first place? So the tempting is still going to come. Amen. It just means that you've made the right choice. You made the choice to hold on to the truth, to believe in the truth. You've made the right choice. 
And it's a choice that you can make this morning sitting in this place. If there's anyone in this place this morning that doesn't know the truth, that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we'll give a chance for you, an, an opportunity for you to receive him. You heard all these great stories this morning from the, the ladies that came up to give their testimony. It's a, it's a life-changing moment when you give your life to Jesus. Amen? So Jesus was tempted just as we are. Amen? And you know, if you meditate on that, you'll find a lot, of, a lot greater meaning in the temptation in the wilderness. For one, Satan's trying to get Jesus to doubt the goodness of God, his own father. Amen? Satan's trying to gain traction by spinning. Have you ever heard the word spin doctor? There's people spin stuff all the time. He's trying to get traction here and gain influence by spinning and sowing seeds of doubt. But you know what? Jesus went through all of this to give us an example. And why did he go through this? In Hebrews 2.17, it tells us that it was necessary for him to be just like us in every respect. He had to endure that test. He had to endure the temptation so that he could go on and be our high priest, so that when we say, you know, sometimes we say, oh, listen, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how much this has hurt me. You don't know all of this. And we turn to other people and we can say that, and that would be the truth. We might not know what you're going through, but you can never turn to Jesus and say, you don't know what I'm going through. Because he, he's been through it all. He's been through it all. He's been, he has endured every temptation that is known to man. So you'll, you'll never be tempted, and I love that in the, in the Word it says here that you will not be tempted beyond that which you can endure. And the only way we can be, not be tempted beyond that which we can endure is to hold on to the truth. Amen? And so He's there to help us when we're tested, when we're tempted. Amen? And if the gospel can be tainted by false doctrine, taken out of context, perverted to fulfill and accommodate the needs of a culture that we live in now, which is becoming more and more prevalent. We have to revert back to the principle of truth. Amen? Because correction can only come if the truth is known. And I want to finish with this, leave, this, leave you with this thought. Is it, have any of you heard about the Great Reset? You may have heard this phrase recently, the Great Reset. The problem with the Great Reset is that it isn't resetting us at all. A reset is when something malfunctions, you disable it, you wipe it clean, and you revert it back to the original design. That's a reset. So a reset would be reverting things back to the way the Creator intended them to be. To, to live your life as God intended you to live your life, to be all who uh, He says you can be. Amen. And so the problem that we have is that we're indifferent to the truth. People are largely indifferent to the truth because no one knows what the truth is anymore. There's nothing that comes under more attack than the truth. People these days don't want to honor the truth even when it's presented with them, let alone acknowledge that it's true. 
And if the true can be made out to be what it isn't, as soon as people can say this is a lie or this is a tale or it's a fable, then the vitality of truth is destroyed and it's up to us as the church to hold it in our hearts, to have the truth in our hearts. Even if you didn't have this word with you, it's like those stories you hear of people in, 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 uh, back along in, in China and places like that who were in prison with maybe they had one page of the Bible. And all they did was memorize that one page of the Bible. And all they did was keep on confessing what they knew and the truth was inside them. So the word God tells us, let the truth be in you. Amen. Let it be in you. Amen. So this morning, I want to encourage you, don't let the truth lose its place in your life. Hold it up. Hold it up as precious. Amen. Revere it, be reverent towards it, and it will be the truth that is like your compass, your guide. It will give you peace, it will give you fulfillment, it will give you contentment. And contentment's not easy to come by. Um, but I believe that we, when we know the truth, we will have contentment. Amen. Paul knew the truth, and even through all of the beatings, whippings, shipwrecks, persecutions, he says, I'm content. I'm content because no matter what comes against me in life, I know the truth. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.